Welcome to the Grow Amazing Podcast. This is Tony Mays, and I am here for episode number 40. And today we are going to talk about what it means to be a dad. And I'm going to go kind of deep into this one because it's got a lot of meaning for me, and it's got a lot of depth and history and things like that for me. And so hopefully I can give you a little perspective on my views on it and see where we can take this. So I've learned a lot over the years about what it does take to be a dad, about what is good and bad, subjectively, of course, in that type of a family environment, or in a family environment, I should say. through some of that today and I apologize for kind of slow rolling things here and I kind of having an emotional reaction here a little bit I guess and I'm not sure why I mean I put together a list of some of the characteristics of that I wanted to talk about today and and just as I start talking about it all of a sudden I'm just at a loss because I don't know that I've really talked about that in so many words before and it kind of puts me on the spot and it makes me think of the good things I've done, the ways I've grown, the ways I've changed, the mistakes I've made, the the effect that it's had on my children and on my wife and on my marriage and on myself. And I guess that just kind of all hit me all at once. And so stick with me. Give me a minute here to get going and we'll be good to go. So. Um, for those watching on the video, I apologize for the horrible picture quality. I'm not sure that I'll release this one on video. We'll see. But um, just because it's late at night, I'm getting the podcast done like I want to. And because I want to get it published, I want to get it out there. And it will definitely be out there and be ready for its normal release date. Um, because I'm making this commitment to my family. And... I think that's part of it too, is being a provider. And this is part of that, is starting to build a new environment where um, we can help others, where we can succeed, where we can build a framework for what it means to grow to amazing. So today, like I said, we're gonna talk about the aspects of being a dad. And I use the term dad deliberately because I think there's a huge difference between being a father and being a dad. And any idiot can father a child. We've seen examples of that uh, every day all over the world where people father a child, or guys father a child, and turn into the worst father in the world. Or they ditch, they they head out, they they I mean there's any one of a million things that they can do except to be there and to be a dad for that child. So there's gonna be a lot of aspects. I've got eleven written down and we'll see where else we take this. Um, but it goes to all aspects of being a dad, not just your relationship with your kids there's much more to it than that. And I think it starts with you as the dad having your crap together 
as a man and as a child of God. Having your crap together as a man and a child of God means a lot of things. It means you've dealt with the junk that you built up growing up. It means you've, you understand your ego, you understand your strengths, you understand your weaknesses, and you're doing something about it. That you understand how you fall apart, how you fall short, how you are less than you could be when it comes to being a man and being a father and being a husband. And there's so many ways to take that. Having your crap together just means you're not out going crazy, drinking with the boys, leaving your wife at home with a brand new baby every day of the week. That you're taking responsibility for your actions and responsibility for the consequences of what you do and do wrong. Tying that in with being a child of God, maybe your faith isn't exactly the same as mine and that's okay. Whatever that faith is, you need to hold yourself responsible to it and grow within it and understand your place within that faith and what it calls you to do and to be as a man and as a child of God. And that doesn't mean that you give up all will or that you give up your uh, ability to be an independent person. That's not what it's all about. It just means that you understand from my perspective, that you are loved and that you are good enough as you are, that you don't have to try to be too much or more than you can be, that God loves you as you are and that's okay because we all are going to make mistakes and we're all going to have issues. But whether or not you take out those issues on the people around you or whether or not you learn from your mistakes that's up to you and that's up to you to take responsibility for but to know that God loves you as you are that's pretty cool and that helps you center yourself and accept yourself as you are so that you can deal with your brokenness and make make yourself better than what you are today That might mean you have to go out and do some counseling or that you have to go do some um, work on yourself, that you have to talk to your family to understand where things went wrong when you were a kid. Hey, you know, when I did this, when I got this ticket, when I got busted for this, when I decided not to go to school to learn this, How do you feel about that? Apologize for mistakes you made as you grew up, as you got older, as you went off into the world. 
and that just means going through different things like backtracking to understand things that may have been brought into your life when you were a kid. Did you have parents that were less than stellar in those roles yourselves? How did that affect you growing up and how did you deal with it? How are you dealing with it? Are you dealing with it at all in the first place? If you had an absent father or a mother that drank too much or parents that were never there in the first place or if they were, did they give a damn? Did you have a lot of money and you got left all on your own as you're, because your parents were working too hard and were never there? Every one of those situations can cause their own set of problems. Or did you chafe within the normal American family because you wanted something different? You wanted to travel. You wanted to, to just be different than what your family insisted that you had to be. And now you've spent your whole life avoiding or, or walking away from responsibility or anything that threatens to corral you into where you are today. So you got to deal with that. Doesn't mean you got to be perfect because God knows literally that I am not perfect and I'm not saying you have to be. But you got to be willing to look at your own faults and assess them and do something about them. But be willing to give yourself some grace that it's okay for you to be less than perfect. second one says loving your children's mother first after God and after yourself and the reason I word it like that is that if you're not taking if you're not building a relationship with God and if you're not taking care of yourself you can't be all in on a relationship with your children's mother or with your future children's mother if you don't know who you are and I was guilty of this for the longest time growing up, not even growing up as an adult, is that I didn't really know what made me happy. And sometimes I still wonder, but I'm a lot f further along with understanding that now than I ever have been before. And part of that was that I wasn't taking care of myself. I was willing to subsume my wishes and desires and thoughts to the person I was in a relationship with on the pretense that I thought it would make them happy and make everything go well and make me be loved more. And that's about the last thing that happened. It works for a little while, but eventually things blow up in your face. So you've got to be a whole person before you come into a relationship. But then at the same time, you have to love their mother, the mother of your children, totally and completely. And make sure your kids understand that you loved her first. So date her. Work hard to meet her needs, to understand her love language, and show her 
on a daily basis that you do love her and cherish her. Show, show your kids what that means as well. Hold her hand, open doors for her. Maybe, unless maybe that's not your thing or her thing. That's okay. I mean, I'm just giving some examples. That's some stuff that works for me. Both my wife and I, I mean, Jill is, we're probably fairly old fashioned with that, but she loves it when doors get opened for her by me or my, or by her boys. She loves being loved like that and cherished. And I can't imagine that most women, women wouldn't. But your kids have to know that your marriage is the top priority after your relationship with God as a person and as or even after your individual care. So there is a dichotomy there because you've got to be all in on the relationship. You've got to be fully committed to your marriage, but at the same time, you've got to take care of yourself also. And that path is a interesting one to walk, and it's one that I that I often don't do well at because, like I said, I've been willing to subsume my thoughts and desires to the relationship or to the family. But we can see it bubble in when I need some time to myself, or when I need some time. Usually, it's very easy to tell that I do because. I start getting really cranky, I start getting irritable or anxious all at the same time. Sometimes it can be just a few minutes that I need to get it together. But there's a lot more than that potentially that can be going on behind the scenes in my head. But I've got to deal with myself first and be able to be all in as a person. But then I've got to love their mother and make sure that she knows, make sure your boys see how cherished she is. What else could I talk about there? Um, that's finding out what your wife likes, what she doesn't like. Where can you balance duties within the household? It's not just she cooks all the meals and you, you go to work. It's balance. If she stays home with the kids, when does she need a break? Do, you know, you have to recognize she needs one at all and give her that time and that space for it. This is not about you. Marriage is not about just you. Parenting is not just about you, obviously. So I haven't even talked about, hardly even talked about the kids yet, because if you're not taking care of yourself, and if you're not a whole person yourself, then how can you give of yourself to a child fully and completely and well, and do it well? So the next one for me and I'm not really sure about the order of the ones that come after this. I mean, they could be in just about any order, but being there, being present, 
for all their phases of life. And obviously there's times that that just can't happen for all phases. I traveled the first, well, every other week for the first two years of my eight-year-old's life. I traveled a lot for my 19-year-old's life. And he was at his mom's every other week after we got divorced for 10 years. So there's lots of times that I was not there. But the times that he was with me, was I doing my best to be present in his life fully? And not just in the same room, but engaged and fully part of that family group. And so, sorry, I'm trying to stifle a yawn. Being present is a lot more than just being there, like I just said. It's being mentally in the game. It's putting your phone away. It's shutting out distractions and focusing on your time with your kids and your family to the exclusion of all else. Whatever the thing is that you're doing, if you're teaching them how to cut a board, if you're, if you're playing basketball, if you're playing a board game, if you're playing at the park, what are you letting distractions creep in? Or are you fully present and engaged and part of it? And I just had that tonight with, we were at a playground with the boys. And I could tell every once in a while I'd pull out my phone to look at it for something and I could feel that detachment happening in real time and so I really tried to shut that down and just be and to be engaged and to be there with the boys and to get involved rather than just watching them play at a playground it's something I really struggle with at times because I am kind of a sit back and watch type personality rather than dig, dig in with both arms and a shovel and a pickaxe and, and get right in with them. So I really do have to push myself and prevent distraction and really get it done. The next is be kind but also be strong. Kindness can never be too much. But at the same time, be resolute, be strong, stick to your guns and your beliefs, be consistent, but don't be an ass. Just because you're being strong does not mean you have to be abusive or uh, egocentric or ego, be an egomaniac and insist that your opinion is the right opinion. Strength is so much more than that. Strength is not being afraid to admit you're wrong, to, to being willing to admit that there's other perspectives and other opinions and working through it in all the areas that it matters, whether it be talking to your wife and admitting you made a mistake 
asking for help and forgiveness. Same thing with your kids. Are you, and, and let me just say this here too. I was, going, I was going to say something about, are you showing your kids what it's like to be this? And that's not what I mean by any of this is that you've got to show them something that you're that you're that you may or may not really be all of this is something you have to be that it's a person it has to be you it has to be something that you bring into the equation that is just part of your personality that it doesn't come off as fake, that it doesn't come off as something you're doing because that's what you want to teach your kids. It's got to be something you believe in and are willing to go to the mattresses to get it done. That you're willing to, that it is who you are that you are kind, you are strong, you are present, and it's not something you're faking. Because kids can obviously smell that a hundred miles away. Having a never-ending font of patience. This is one where I fall short probably as much as anything. That my selfishness tends to come out. But I don't tend to listen as much as I should and bite my tongue as much as I should when my kids are trying to say something, when they're trying to do something for the first time. I can want to jump in and solve the problem for them rather than letting them work through it and then ask for help. But it's more than that. It's also when they're slow rolling, brushing their teeth because it's late and they're and they're tired, and that's just the way Michael gets when he's exhausted. Having the patience to not raise your voice, to not threaten them, to not take away privileges just because he's tired and doesn't want to go brush his teeth. Then be creative and find ways to make it work without yelling and screaming and losing your cool and ticking off everybody in the house. It also means having patience when you're teaching them something and they think they already know the answer. Or they think they know a different solution that's better that's going to work. Let them try. It's having patience at 3 a.m. when your two-year-old gets up for the sixth day in a row and can't get back to sleep. and not taking it out on him because he's awake, 
but loving him and doing what needs to be done to get him back to sleep. In that case, is something like that, is getting mad going to help anything? Is getting frustrated, getting anxious? Is any of that going to help anything? Be a good teacher to your kids. As a dad, you should be teaching them things and be hands-on with them to help them learn the skills they need to be useful adults. And I guess I'm speaking from my experience because I have four boys. I can't comment on what it would take to be a father of girls, I guess, but maybe I'll get some guys on here that we can talk about that for. But it's got to still be something similar. What are you going to teach them as part of being a dad? Or as their father role model, what do you get to teach them? And are you, are you a good teacher that's patient, that's kind, that doesn't raise their voice, that, that is willing to admit when they don't know something, do some research and come back? To teach them the things you do know and make the time out of your day for them to do it? Or are you a jerk that doesn't want to look away from the football game for five minutes to be able to spend some time with your kids? Shut them down every chance they come and talk. What are your goals being a dad? As an aside, do you want your kids to come to you after they're 18? Do you want to be... Right now, you're their father, but do you want to be good friends with them after they turn 18? Do you want to be close to them? Do you want them to come to you for advice? Well, that starts now when they're younger. Do you want your daughter dating somebody like how you act or how you'd like to act, them to act? being a good listener to your kids? Do you have the patience? Do you give them the patience to listen when they come to you with something about Pokemon cards or their, what army vehicle should they make out of Legos or um, look at the dance I can do, Dad. Look at how I can spin around in circles for five minutes and then fall down and go crazy. And are you a good listener? with patience and grace, where you ask questions to show that you're interested. And it goes back to number three that I listed. Are you being present where you are actually listening and you're not just on your phone saying, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh, that kind of thing? Where they're not wondering, sitting there looking at you wondering, how much more important that phone really is to you than what they care about. And if that's the case, that you don't care about what they care about, then maybe you don't care about them so much.
never being afraid to say you're sorry when you screw up. We all make mistakes. As a dad, I've made more than I can count. As a husband, as a father, as just as myself, mistakes happen, you know, multiple times a day. From raising my voice a little bit to doubling up on Will when Jill's trying to get him to do something where he feels ganged up on. But I also come back to the boys as quickly as I can when I realize I have screwed up and I tell them I'm sorry. And I talk and we talk it through as best we can. And then I try to go back and Jill and I try to figure out what can I do or what can we do to do it better the next time. And there always, hopefully, will be a next time where we get to do it better, where we get that chance to learn from our mistakes. And then your kids will see that too, that daddy is really trying to do better. He is really trying to be a stronger, better father to us. May not be conscious in their minds. It may not be something they can articulate, but some part of them will notice that you are present, that you are there, that you are learning and doing better because I've seen it happen. When Adam was Oh, good gosh. Was it after his freshman year of high school? He was having a lot of problems, or he's having some issues. The divorce was tough on him. But what was tougher was, let's see, this was five years ago, so yeah, he would have been 14. But what was tougher on him was some of the rules that we had and we are very militant household rule-wise with him. Tough on him about phone usage, about bedtime, about what he had to wear to school, when, when he had to go to school, when he, what he had to eat, what he had to wear. And it was tough on him. And it got to the point where he decided that he did not want to be at our house anymore. And it was one of the worst days, weeks of my life when that came down. I don't blame him. I'm not upset at him. I wasn't at the time either. That there, there was nothing he did to deserve the way that he was treated. And Speaking of saying sorry, I've said it to him many, many times in the years since for how he was treated. I don't think it was abusive. I don't think it was at the point where it constituted abuse. It just wasn't, I don't know, and 
any kid's time in a household doesn't have to be fun, but it doesn't have to be punitive either. And he was also at a point in his life where a little grace would have gone a long way, listening to him and talking with him, being present for him, would have gone a long way toward defusing this. But I wasn't there yet. And that was also at the beginning of our faith journey as well. But we hadn't fully transformed our lives yet and found the grace that we try to bring into our lives every day now. So for a couple of years, he did not come over much to the house. And you want to talk about painful. Like I said, I do not blame him. But it doesn't mean it didn't suck. But finally, the start of his senior year, he started to see the change that was happening inside Jill and I. And within our household and that things were much much more filled with love and grace and and servant leadership and uh, not even that I mean just he noticed the difference and he started to come back to our household and so things can change absolutely they can change well, then unfortunately COVID hit and that kind of screwed up things a little bit his senior year, obviously. But we've rebuilt a relationship with Adam and I can't even tell you how much that means to me. But it comes down to being able to say you're sorry when you screw up and start to learn from your mistakes and not try to blame it on the kid or blame it on something else, but be able to look in the mirror and say, it's on me. Which was my next one, was learning from your mistakes, whatever that mistake might be. What did I do when, what caused me to raise my voice a little bit to Will tonight or to Michael? or to be too frustrated with Jackson to be able to sit down and play with him, or to give Jill attitude about her asking me to do something silly, you know, or something totally normal in a family life day. But I take, somehow took offense at it because I was tired or had some kind of an excuse. million and one things I can say there but are you actually learning from your mistakes that you're making and doing your best to not repeat them or are you continuing to wallow in self-pity and not even spend the time to, to think about things and go through it and understand what you did and and think back to where did this start and how can I break the chain and, and move forward on a different path the next time this happens.
being fit and able to keep up, through, up with your kids through all phases of your life. This is what I'm working on while I'm working on all these. Can you run with your four-year-old, your six-year-old, and play tag with them? Can you show them how to do the monkey bars? <laughs> that would be a tough one for me. Can you go for a day hike and carry your two-year-old in a backpack as well as all the snacks and water that both of you would need? Can you do all the stuff around the house you need to be able to do and still have the energy to put your kids to bed at night when their mother has some things she needs to get done without being a jerk and a jag-off? Can you make it through the day without claiming some silly excuse of I'm too tired? You're too tired to read your kids a story? Go ahead. You've only got a few more years with them, so or a few more years where they'll actually want you to read a story. So are you going to take advantage of that or are you going to make excuses? It's only going to be a few more years when you can play tag with them, when you can play duck duck goose, goose, go bike riding with them, play football, whatever. Are you taking advantage of those or are you sitting back and watching it happen or missing the missing the mark and missing the point? Part of that is taking the time to find out what your kids are interested in. What do they love? Maybe it's going on 10 mile hikes with a 40 pound pack. Boundary waters, doing canoe portages, working out and lifting weights. Maybe that's what really some of your kids love. Or maybe it's just reading a book like my Michael. Well, I guess Will's more into books now, but he's also sports crazy. Michael is much more of an internal person. But are you being mentally fit to understand the differences between your kids? There couldn't be a bigger contrast between my Will and Michael. Between Will, Michael, and Jackson. All three of them are completely different kids. Some, many of the, some of the same interests. Lego seem to be kind of a, very much a world melding experience. The military for my boys, definitely. But are you taking time to find out what they're interested in and then engaging them in it? The last one I'm going to hit for now, I'm trying to keep this a little bit short, is as a dad, are you stopping any generational curses in their tracks 
with you and not passing them on. In my case, it might be pornography. In other people's cases, it might be alcoholism. It might be cheating on their moms. It might be anger issues. Are you taking the time to solve those problems and bring them into the light so you can do something about them? Or are you just making excuses and letting life go? Uh, my dad was like this. He beat the crap out of me, so what's good enough for me was good enough for my kids. It doesn't have to be that way, and it shouldn't be that way. Take ownership of what happened and take ownership of solving it so you don't pass it on to your kids in every way that that could possibly mean. That might mean cutting some people out of your lives that don't contribute towards a healthy lifestyle. It might mean getting counseling and, se and setting your ego aside to be able to do it. But deal with those things. Don't carry them around like luggage and hand them off to your kids when they turn 18. They will not thank you for it. A generational curse is anything that I would consider something you can pass on to your children through your actions or your inaction. Do you yell at them every night for them to get ready for bed? Do you sit on the couch all night and watch TV and don't do anything at all? Are you drunk by 6 o'clock? Have you and your wife lost all the intimacy because of your porn habit? And the kids can see that. They can see that you're not close. How are you going to heal all of those breaches? Do you have more than one of those? Deal with it. Accept ownership of it. Don't beat yourself up about it. But start to solve a problem. And some of that comes back to a faith life. Believing you're good enough and that you deserve for it to be solved. That you can solve it. And I didn't have this written down. But the last one I'd just like to mention is have fun with your kids. And love them. Play with them. That is probably one of the best things about being in this camper is that I've gotten to rediscover playing with my kids at a whole much more engaged level. Because by and large, it's us. We've got to figure it out. But have fun with them. Find out what they what interests them. And don't try to force a round peg into a square hole. But get engaged and have fun with them. 
and be there for them and love them. Give your kids kisses and hugs every night, every morning. Thank God for them in your life, for the gift of having those children in your life. And cherish that and nourish them as they grow. And you'll be amazed what can happen if you do that. And do the same thing with your marriage. And do the same thing with yourself. Feed your mind. Feed your body. Feed your soul. And we can make it work out. So I think I'm going to stop there. I could probably keep going. Um, I'm going to try and do more stuff like this too, I think. But this one touch, touched me personally. I was trying to think of something to talk about because I didn't have an interview this week. And I've been getting more time with my boys lately, and that's been awesome. At the same time, I'm a bit at a loss because I've been working full-time for so many years that having more free time on a consistent, regular basis, I'm just not sure what to do with it sometimes. But we're figuring it out. It's sometimes anxiety-provoking a little bit for some reason because I'm not used to being there that much. And we're working through that, and I've talked about that last week. Jill's going to be posting some stuff, too, about it. But we're going to get there. And if what this means is that I get more time with my kids to love them and be with them, then what could be wrong about that? So anyway, for Grow to Amazing, this is Tony. Out.